Welcome to Deborah Byrne Psychology Services Podcast. I am Deborah Byrne, a psychologist and your host for today. In my podcasts, I talk about a wide range of topics, including relationships, parenting, education, disability, mental health, and the most important topic I consider of all, self-care. I like to keep it informative and practical so that you can become empowered. This podcast is for adults and is for informational purposes only and should never replace your regular therapy sessions. Episode 88, What is a Psychopath? Psychopathy is an extremely difficult disorder to spot, as psychopaths can appear as normal and very charming people. But underneath, they lack conscience, empathy, are manipulative, violent, and often, but not always, end up in the criminal justice system. They are part of what is known as the dark triad. These include the psychopaths, narcissists, sociopaths. I like to separate the psychopaths and the sociopath conditions, plus Machiavellians. It isn't all about what we see on TV. Most people are fascinated with these kinds of people, particularly with the increase in TV shows and films portraying them as serial killer to be defeated. Although we have to note that not all serial killers are psychopaths. The entertainment industry and media have twisted and manipulated the facts to get the best possible ratings along the way also. But if you think your boss is a psychopath, then you might be right, as many highly successful people could be psychopaths. Around 5% of the population are thought to possess psychopathic tendencies. Remember, not every one of them will be a Hannibal Lecter type. Psychopathy is a spectrum disorder and can be diagnosed only by a professional using the 20-item hair psychopathy checklist. I'll discuss this in a moment. The bar for clinical psychopathy is a score of between 25 to 30 or more on the hair checklist. Diagnosis It is thought that brain anatomy, genetics and a person's environment may all contribute to the development of psychopathic traits. We often see the term psychopath or sociopath used interchangeably, but the sociopath refers to a person with antisocial tendencies that are ascribed to social or environmental factors. Sociopath will have remorse for robbing you blind. Psychopaths have no empathy at all. Where psychopathic traits are more innate. Both disorders are as near as they can be, represented in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Health Disorders, the DSM-5, as a subcategory of antisocial personality disorder. Although, surprisingly, psychopathy is not a recognised psychiatric diagnosis, but some argue it is a mental illness. You will hear the term used in criminal justice settings. It can be tempting to see psychopathy as black and white if you don't understand the condition, but research has suggested that the condition occurs on a spectrum, so therefore people can have minor, moderate or severe characteristics or psychopathic tendencies only alongside other conditions. There are in fact no brain imaging or biological tests that can inarguably identify a person as a psychopath. The only test known is the hair checklist, which operates on a point system between 0 and 2 for each trait with a maximum total of 40. The cut-off for being labelled a psychopath is 30 in the US and 25 in the UK. Signs from the hair checklist. 1. Pathological lying. 2. Glib and superficial charm. 3. Grandiose sense of self. 4. Need for stimulation. 5. Cunning and manipulative. 
6. Lack of remorse or guilt. 7. Shallow emotional response. 8. Callousness and lack of empathy. 9. Parasitic lifestyle. 10. Poor behavioural controls. 11. Sexual promiscuity. 12. Early behavioural problems. 13. Lack of realistic long-term goals. 14. Impulsivity. 15. Irresponsibility. 16. Failure to accept responsibility. 17. Many short-term marital relationships. 18. Juvenile delinquency. 19. Revocation of conditional release. 20. Criminal versatility. The frontal brain regions have been suggested as relevant in psychopathy, and in particular the amygdala, which may play an important role in psychopathic tendencies. Associated with emotional reactions, decision-making and fear, the amygdala has been identified in several studies as having reduced integrity or function in those scoring high on the hair checklist. The hair psychopathy checklist categories. The hair checklist divides the above traits I discussed into four factors, interpersonal, emotional, lifestyle and antisocial traits. Interpersonal traits. The most common trait is their pathological lying. They use this in a particular to cover up their behaviour and get their own way. Psychopaths use glibness and superficial charm to get you hooked and then you are more likely to be willing to help them. You'll find many psychopaths in positions of great power and authority due to their enormous sense of self-worth. It is usually their manipulative behaviour that probably got them into these positions. They will take credit for the work you have done if you work with them or for them. Emotional traits. A complete lack of remorse or guilt. This could explain why they kill and get away with their other crimes. Added to this is a very common trait to have a complete failure to accept responsibility for their own acts. They may feel shallow emotions. In fact, they may feel sorry that their victim is dead because it no longer holds any pleasure for them. But more likely the psychopath will be callous and again show a distinct lack of empathy towards their victims. Lifestyle traits. Another common trait is their parasitic nature. They will feed off other people to sustain their lifestyle. They may also act irresponsibly and impulsively due to their need for stimulation. They will also have no long-term or realistic goals in life. If you are in a relationship with a psychopath, you will over time probably suffer domestic violence, depression, anxiety, high levels of stress or even develop a chronic illness as a result of prolonged stress on your body, etc. If you decide to leave, please make sure you do so preparing a safety plan in advance, but leave you need to. Be under no illusion they are capable of changing their behaviour, no matter how much they say they will. If they do go to counselling with you, they will manipulate the situation and again, they will not change their behaviour. They will probably convince you and the therapist that you are the one with the problem. Antisocial traits. Psychopathy is thought to be an extreme form of antisocial personality disorder. In fact, despite the fact that many psychopaths hold down oppressive jobs, they do not have good social skills. They also find it hard to control their behaviour in public, which could lead to a variety of problems for those working, living for or with them, or if they are criminals having their parole revoked. Some further points to note about psychopaths. 
As I've said, psychopaths aren't always violent, but their characteristics, lack of empathy, selfishness and manipulation may lead them to use these traits to commit crimes. They are often overrepresented within the criminal justice system as having committed a vast array of crimes. They usually have a long criminal record if they head in that direction. Others will be extremely good in business as entrepreneurs and CEOs, law, media and sales in particular. The lack of empathy makes them excellent at making very quick, decisive decisions without all the emotional attachment involved. They do not process emotional information and social experiences in the same manner as a non-psychopathic individual. For example, they use people rather than connect with them and often view interactions or situations as winners versus losers, smart versus dumb, powerful versus weak. If they feel you are of no use to them anymore, then you are dismissed from their life and or business. Female psychopaths. More men have been identified as being psychopaths than women. Female and male psychopaths may be very different, but they are nonetheless just as lethal. Women tend not to be recognised as psychopaths by society due to the false information put out there by media. Plus, add to that the smaller percentage of known female psychopaths available for research makes it harder to identify if there are specific characteristics a female psychopath may possess. This may give her an advantage over her male counterparts, making it far easier for women to get away with behaviour and crimes than their male counterparts. More on diagnosis and treatment. There is no known cause for psychopathy, but it is thought that a combination of genetics, environment, poor parenting, such as neglect or abuse, and interpersonal factors could contribute to becoming a psychopath. As of yet, there is no treatment available for people with psychopathy. Therefore, public awareness around this disorder is important. Medications can potentially treat a few of the symptoms for those with psychopathy who have significant emotional dysregulation. However, this seems to be of minimal benefit for the symptoms of callousness, arrogance, antagonism, low empathy and immorality. When partners expect a change from a significant psychopathic partner through the process of love or pointing out their hurtful behaviours, the outcome tends to be further violations and manipulations by the psychopath instead. Unfortunately, many individuals with psychopathy tend to be disinterested in treating their conditions. Most tend to be arrogant and consider their personality status a reflection of their superiority. It is not uncommon that they view those who are emotional as weak in comparison to them. Without treatment, there are no tools available to protect society from the impact of their behaviour. This represents a problem because it leaves victims having to clean up the financial, physical and mental cost of having interactions with the psychopath. So awareness and education will limit or prevent intimate involvement with an individual with psychopathy in the first place. For more detail on how to protect yourself, please read my blog on Narcissistic Personality Disorder. Work with me. Remember, you are allowed to ask for support. No one is an island. In fact, I would strongly advise you to reach out for counselling if you or a loved one need it. If you need extra support, then you can also work with me. We all struggle with stress and overwhelm from time to time. If you find this has become a problem for you and you'd like some support, then schedule an appointment with me. There is a link in the original blog where you can make an appointment. There are links to many helpful blogs, podcasts and videos in the original 
original post. I'll place a link to it in the description below. Thank you for listening to my podcast today. This podcast is also available in a blog format, which you can access at www.debrabrownpsychologyservices.com. Don't forget, you can also subscribe to this podcast, follow me on social media at DB Psychology, or subscribe to our mailing list, which is full of freebies and keeps you up to date on the latest blogs and podcasts. Be sure to tune in next week 